I want to know if he if he's if he's bunking up with Tyrrell, and if he's the big spoon or the little spoon. I think he'd be the little spoon just out of principle because yeah, Tyrrell's kind of, you know he's got the he's got the elder elderly gravitas. Um, yeah, and that's true. And, and using those those key stats, uh, they are the key things that we've used to pick out our markets. <laughs> I don't appreciate the laughing because I, I recognize how fumbled that was as I lost my train of thought. But anyways, back oh, to the market. No. Uh, Wait, what was that? I like that you came back to start it off fresh. We're going to we're gonna do it live, damn it. Three, two, one. That's right. Rocking and rolling here on a Tuesday night. It's Divots and Pivots here on TSPN, that sports podcast network. I'm Andrew LaDuke, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard, and that was the new intro. Hope you guys like it. It's here to stay because I don't want to make another one. Bud, how are you? <laughs> Path of least resistance. No, I'm, I'm morale's high and it's higher now with the new intro. You snuck that in on there. I, it was meant to be a surprise for you, so I'm glad you came in right at the start. Like You, you caught it live and it was awesome. I'm feeling very Kramerish the way that I'm trying to slide into the show here. That's a shout out to the Seinfeld generation. Uh, no, man, things are good. Morale's high. Uh, real quick, how was your kind of trash TV marathon with the roommate the other night? Run through the shows real quick for those who aren't keeping yeah. at home. Uh, everybody has them. And, and that's kind of this. These are not opening thoughts. It was actually just kind of what was on my mind after you said you know, we don't have the kids, so we're going to sit down and just barrel through some trash television. I was like, was. Oh, you're speaking my language a little bit, but everybody has a different definition of what trash TV is to them or what that guilty pleasure is. Sure. I was a little, I, I now I got to know, did you meet on the middle on these shows? Is, did you bring these? To uh, the no, these are, these were, these were main. So real quick, fill everybody in. What are, what are your three, what are the three shows that fall under that trash TV kind of guilty pleasure category for you? Yeah, so these were definitely picks uh, of hers, uh, but I am a sucker for getting rope, like just absolutely drawn into anything like comp- competitive, I guess you can say, or like um, result driven. So anything that's just like, you know, if I were to sit down, I don't seek out The Bachelor, but if I were to sit down and start an episode of The Bachelor, I would get sucked in. Like it just, it's natural. It's how they design it. But in this case, the trash TV shows uh, on Peacock was. Uh, couple to thruple and yes it's exactly what it sounds like <laughs> and there was one night where we just we saw that we strolled past scrolled past on peacock and we we're like what the hell is this like we need to know what this is uh and then once it's a gateway one, drug brother and then once we watched one we were like well shit now we need to know what the hell these people are like and what is going on here and now we're we're like nine episodes in and we we wait for them to come out every thursday night uh and then the other one was this one this one was another one where we had to just know because it, it the title caught us off guard it's called dated and related uh which uh, really threw me for a loop when i read that title i'm sure i mean how can it throw you for a loop I, I, they, they're pretty they're pretty not subtle with the incestual head nod there is that <laughs> is it now do people know they're they, they, they're getting involved with their relatives or oh, is it, relatives like, aren't getting involved baby? They're not getting involved with each other. What it is is that you're in a like a, a resort house on a dating show with your brother or sister or your Thank cousin, God. and you're trying to be, basically it's a competition show uh, to be the best wingman. You're trying to hook up your your sibling, 
you're trying to find them love find each other love and that's what it is uh but apparently and i don't know how it's going to be structured apparently there's a hundred thousand dollar prize at the end for somebody but i don't know really know how you win this show because it's just a dating show so i don't know and then the other one's love is blind everyone's watching love is blind these days like that's like the netflix hot hot show right now don't I'm not everyone. I don't lump me in with that that crowd. <laughs> I, I was listening to a show the other night in a late night show, and there's a comedian on there talking about how reality television peaked in the 2010s. And the point she was making was it was early enough in the evolution where you were getting genuine, you know, interactions. And now yeah. these people are famous now. So now, like, you know, Vanderpump's a perfect example uh, because I, I'll, I'll say Vanderpump is probably. <laughs> top of my three if i'm at a guilty pleasure it like with you with the roommate sit down kind of zone out bachelor i can tune into like yourself for the competitive yeah. aspect of it um jesse palmer is kind of it took me a while it took me a while when chris was gone i'm not gonna lie i, yeah. I enjoyed chris he was snarky and real jesse is a football oh. analyst and a really good looking guy and canadian and a florida gator uh, and so for all those reasons, I hate him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, he, he's kind of settled into it. The people I just find boring now. And I think it's because yeah. again, <laughs> the novelty of it has worn off and quote unquote reality television has become just television, which is yeah. why I think sports and in the great 30 for 30 uh, about uh, the Red Sox in 04, four days in October. Mm-hmm. Tell me you've seen it. I mean, it's yeah. it's borderline religious material in this part of the country. Spike Lee was talking about how nervous he was going into game seven mm-hmm. or there's a, there's a clip and I don't, don't at me if I get it out of context, mm-hmm. but essentially what he says is that's, you know, that's why sports are better than movies. Movies are fiction. You know, you can script it, uh, you know, yeah. and even these quote, these reality TV shows hate to break it to you. It's borderline, you know, WWE style where they might not script it, but they certainly set the table up so that the game goes a certain way. Sometimes sports can't do yep. that. Which is why with, with the stuff that's coming out this week with Anthony Kim and oh trying to get his 15 minutes. And I've got a theory on this because like I told you with my opening thoughts, it is kind of live centric. There's going to be kind of live mm-hmm. throughout this entire show because they're creeping around. They're making some moves, but will they be that impactful? So what's on your what's on your noodle? And thanks. Thanks yeah. for you're down that television lane. I'm, I'm always that's curious right. because um no we'll get to the match in a minute opening we'll get there (laughs) so my opening thought is you with the match last night it got me thinking realizing the time of year we're at we're coming up on march madness time and and that's gonna all start really kicking off here in the next month or so of uh like you know the conference championships and selection sunday and all that uh it got me thinking of how we we don't have that golf bracket dell's technology challenge anymore uh, and this is the first year without it. And that's something like, obviously it's not tied to March Madness, but they always strategically held it around Selection Sunday and around the tournament because it just made sense. It was on people's mind. It got people into it. I'm going to miss not having that match play style bracket tournament this year. Like that's, I'm going to miss it. I enjoyed analyzing golf from a different standpoint because uh, it brought other players into the mix, like our Kevin Kisners, who just kills match plays. Uh, it, it brought uh, just a whole different, way of thinking to analyzing golf from our point of view because we can only do it so many ways and all, most of the terms are the same it just i i miss the the switch up that's what i'm going to be missing over the next month there's not having the dell's technology wow i was I'm, i i i didn't take a peek at the rundown so i didn't see what your notes were coming into this and i was i'm yeah. genuinely uh proud 
I think that's oh, wow. a very, Thank you. I think I think that I think that's a very <laughs> salient take. Uh, and you kind of fell ass backwards into what I was about to talk about, which is live still being a threat. And I'm gonna start with what you just left hanging out there, which is when you cut out the things like the Dell technology match play, or next thing you know, Zurich's going to be gone because nobody wants to partner up. It's too much time. And it becomes nothing but a money grab single stream. And you kind of rest your laurels on that. You are pushing your chips all in. And we saw last night with the match, how much they were kind of hyping up this Muni vibe and it's a family affair and golf needs to be growing. I swear to all that is holy and mighty Lexi Thompson, which I love Lexi was getting, was getting paid per mention of growing the game. And, and, and I mean, I, th- I think it was kind of like, it was, it wasn't yep. a talking point. They're all out there. Those, those guys are donating their time. That's the other part that I want people to remember is they're yeah, pro athletes. Not That's, money off of this. Yeah. This is, I mean, they, this is a lot of fun for them. Yeah. It's probably some good PR, but most of them like Rose Zhang didn't have to fly across the country, but I'm getting off my point. Yeah. If, if the PGA tour keeps going down <clears throat> this kind of singular road, of trying to be everything to everyone, mm-hmm. then live is actually in a position where, and this is kind of what got me thinking about it, where they're going to, they, they, if, if the pockets are deep enough, they can play this long game. Now hear me out. So Bryson bitching about last week, Oh my God, we're not getting our world golf ranking points and we've done everything yeah. we need to do. Well, I mean, it's just a matter of time. Y'all got to remember when they went live in 2022 in July, that's when they first applied. And it was like October of 23 before that rejection letter came. And in that yep. year and change, Liv had already put in some of the things that the world golf ranking people wanted to see something like a relegation factor, something that opens the doors to such a closed shop, you know, where they have a little bit of a Q school. They even said, still, it's going to be hard to compare a 54 hole no cut event with this limited kind of scope to these thousands of guys who are trying to grind it out every day. Uh, over here. And so even when this next application comes through, they'll end up getting some points, but they won't be enough yeah. to sustain and get that where they want, which Joaquin Neiman was very clear about. He was lobbying for this master's invite and Taylor mm-hmm. Gooch was very clear how much it hurts that he's not getting his. And so they're not going to get the points. Remember, simply- he also says it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, so they're not going to get the points simply through whatever World Golf Ranking says because it's just not going to be big enough. It's not going to be a big yeah. enough kind of splash in the whole ecosystem to say you're you're. You know, I don't give a shit how good the players are, you know, for the eyeball test. Like there, it is part of a bigger mechanism here, and that's why we award them. So they get their kind of penance. But if you're paying attention to this Asian tour and this international series and yeah. the DP World Tour. The DP World Tour finished the 2023 calendar year with five consecutive live victories between three players. It's like Dean Burmeister, Oosthuizen, and I want to say Joaquin Neiman sneaking in there down in Australia. You know, we came off the Minwoo Lee high. We're like, oh, look at that. Minwoo got a victory. You know, we can celebrate chef. Let him cook. Let him cook. And then we didn't pay attention while live rattled off five consecutive DP World Tour wins. And so you flip the calendar to this year. And it got me thinking. Last week, there were something like 22 guys playing in the Asian Tour International Series event. And so the International Series for the uninitiated here, when Liv went live, they partnered with the Asian Tour. The Asian Tour is not necessarily beholden to any PGA Tour entities. It's its own thing. And so they said, sure, we'll partner up with you. Your players can come over here, whatever. And they said, what are you going to bring to the table? Liv said, well, we'll donate 10 years to donate. 
we'll set up 10 years in this international series. It'll be 10 tournaments around the world and we'll partner with the Asian tour players and it'll be live players and Asian tour players. That's basically the essence of it. So that is where, and the Asian tour does, does have a little slice of their world golf ranking points too. So if live finally gets theirs and then get some access over here on the Asian tour, what happens if all of a sudden instead of 22 players, including Matty Wolf and Dean Burmeister, or whoever was there in Hudson, you know, those kind of guys, mm -hmm. what if Phil and DJ and Brooks just say, wait a minute, they start doing the math and they're like, we have our own little, all of a sudden we have our own little built-in structure here to get the world golf ranking points. If we just say, all right, we'll play in five of those international series events, plus everything yeah. we're doing over here. That's about the heavy lifting they were doing over on the PGA tour, you know, on a busy year. And so it, if all of a sudden you start putting all that together, I don't know. They might be able to start stealing some more of these players because there you have a full plate and a full slate and an actual clear pathway to maybe accumulate enough points. The Ryder Cups are going to come around. We already signaled on our end mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, Zach Johnson, everything you want to say about Cap, he did pick Brooks because he's like, how can you not? And the guy almost yeah. qualified by just playing in two tournaments. So DP World Tour and the Ryder Cup, I think they'll figure everything out for, you know, maybe Sergio's come back because he's going to pay his fine. But they're in a pretty strong position if they can just hold out for a while because, like you said, PGA Tour keeps swinging and we're making moves, and it is for sustainability. But what's mm -hmm. next? And and they uh, and so I think I mean, what's next is Anthony Kim goes to live. But I don't want to jump straight into the deeper parts of live. But that's my opening thought: is live might be dying, but as long as they can hang on for a while, they there there might be a you know a resuscitation at the end of this. But yeah. at the end of the day, too, I think once DJ and Brooks and some of these contracts run out, they might walk away. Who knows? Who knows? You know, they I know they probably have equity in these teams, but they've yeah. they've shown how much it hurts missing these tournaments. Did you see uh, the picture I sent you just actually like a half hour ago before the show of Anthony Kim on the range? Uh, yeah, I've seen that going around today. Oh yeah, I didn't see it until just like a half hour ago or so. He looks like just chill. He's he's tatted up. Still. He's got the the loose pants on, the t-shirt. He's got his hair, you know, tied back, and he's just like I think in my text you I said golf's hippie is bat like golf's new hippie, like because he just and I don't mean that in like a, an offensive way or anything, but it's just like I think he just looks like chill, relaxed, and he just doesn't like he's just out there living life and loving it. Well, shit, man, let's just skip over two, three, and four and get into it, man, because I do, I, I was already riding that wave. All right, Anthony Kim, if you weren't around in, let me rephrase that, if you weren't paying attention to golf back yeah. in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, Anthony Kim was a vibe. He, uh, you know, he beat the dog piss out of Sergio in the Ryder Cup. He won pretty early. He kind of had that swagger about him. He wore gigantic belt buckles. Uh, and then, you know, the injury bug, we all kind of know the story that we've talked about, takes out the insurance policy and disappears. And I guess he's been sharpening up his game and there's all, he'd pop up in rumors. He really was this mythical creature in golf. That's all good and well, and it's fun, but the creature came back. And like you said, you know, and he's out there on the range in a promotional video for live. He's out in the, uh, the middle, you know, the Jetta. And they're just having him as a quote unquote wild card. So I guess what they're saying is, and that's an interesting move by Liv too, to say, Hey, to some of you folks, you want to come play for the individual money? Let's go. We, we can, you know, we, we only have X holes that we're using up in this shotgun start. We can you know flood it with some mm -hmm. more people. So Anthony Kim's going to be out there, but like you said, ponytail, you know, baggy t-shirt, you know, swaggy <laughs> shorts, tatted up yeah. arm. His swing looks pure as all hell. Yes. Yeah, and apparently he's been quote unquote cleaning up in money games, uh, you know, private games and stuff like that. So, but if he doesn't, I, I just don't know how much of a splash this is going to make. It makes sense by the way, if I'm Anthony Kim, 
you know, here's a guarantee sure. to, you know, take, you know, to just to make some money. I maybe, maybe I go out there and I don't have it and I can just w- take one swing and walk away. Cause what if he does go out and shoot 78, 76, you know, 75 yeah. is, is it kind of like, oh, okay. And then, you know, has he hurt himself even more? But if he goes out there and fires, even, you know, if he's, if he finishes under par at that live event, I think it's a successful week for Anthony Kim. Yeah. And he'll probably they'll probably keep saying, yeah, we'll keep having having you back, especially because of the eyeballs. It's naturally drawing. Uh, but I don't know if he's bringing in new players or new yeah. fans. Uh, I don't it, think it, he is. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think this is a story for kind of older or real, people, real enough deep time went by. Uh, yeah, enough time went by where most of the golf community kind of forgot, obviously forgot about Anthony Kim. And that's why I think this you kind of hit it this is a no lose situation for Anthony Kim. It makes perfect sense. Cause he, yeah. he's not like you said, he goes out there, shoots off on the sides. Ah, whoops, maybe not. Um, it's not like he's going to hurt his golf reputation, uh, you know, anymore. I'm not saying that it is hurt, but you know what I mean? It's not going to make it worse for him. It's all, it's only up for him from here for him. So also he's sure. not, he's not a current, you, I don't know his PGA tour member status. I know after 10 years, yeah. I, 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 he's probably like inactive or something like that. So if he goes over there and plays well, and all of a sudden the PGA Tour says, "Hey, you want a sponsor's exemption to the Arnold Palmer? Like, are you willing to an open to that?" Uh, he might come back and just play next week. I think the whole thing we get more lost, and I say we being the fans, yeah. uh, in the politics of this than some of these guys. It's business for them. They've exhibited that. John Rom, you know, sat down with Marty. I think it was he was Marty on ESPN. Uh, did a interview. You know, just kind of talking through his decision on why he ended up going to live. And so I don't, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think he comes back. I think he, he gets the headlines for a week. And then I think all of a sudden it's going to be, you know, the players and that's going to be, it's the 50th players anniversary. And we're going to be forgetting all about this speaking. Yes. So we're on live and yep. yeah. So Anthony Kim coming back. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. We'll see. You know, it's, it, it's cool. It, I think it's, it's a story. Be, I'll be checking in because I think it's for, guys like you and I who care about this, it's worth checking in on throughout this weekend. Yeah. It's for golf nerds. The, uh, so speaking of golf nerds, I'm getting bugged and bothered again by live coming out with these dumbass statements. So Bryson, I've already, mm-hmm. I've already done my kind of like, you know, yep. patience, young Padawan, you're, you're going to get yours. It's not going to be as much as you want. And you can bitch about all that injustice mm-hmm. you know, later, <laughs> even though the numbers add up professor Taylor Gooch. comes out today at a press conference and says, essentially, if Rory wins the Masters this year and completes his career Grand Slam, there will be an asterisk next to it because of the players that were missing. And I think one of the best comments or takes that I've seen on this was somebody who rattled off all the live guys who are going to be in Augusta Mm -hmm. and was like, bro, it just you're not. (laughs) <laughs> it's 70 it's 70 golfers out of how many thousands on the planet mm-hmm. that play at that level like you're you're that's the point is you're not that special like maybe live golfers aren't that special by the fact of being live golfers just elite golfers are elite golfers and yep. that's kind of what the uh, augusta national says when they hand out their invitation so the greg posting or and i do think this is all i mean of course look at us we're just taking it this is chum i mean we're suckers for this shit and that's why they're doing it and that's why i want to just basically i'm gonna call this out but greg posts some some nonsense about yeah you know we've been courting hideki for you know we wanted to go after hideki but the way it gets rolled out and then even the way it gets talked about it's like why it's not news no shit 
You went after everybody. Mm -hmm. You offered Tiger a billion dollars. Apparently, you're offering Rory 950 million. You know, if he goes for 950 and not a billion, that's just a disgrace. Um, well, yeah. He's, he's not like numbers. He's not going to uh, but the live thing just needs to get back to basics. Be who you are and stop mm -hmm. trying to act as if you're more. The size and scope of your setup and the purpose of its operation. And you got you got to say, what kind of business impact are you having? You know, are you making money? I don't know how this whole thing works, but it seems to me like yeah. you're just hemorrhaging. I was going to say, uh, I don't see how they can be making money. Just looking at the crowds, looking at the money they're shelling out to set up these events. And like this, because th there's no way. At the it, it, so it goes perfect into last week. We get Jake Knapp, you know, he's a bouncer in Costa Mesa two years ago. Now, all of a sudden, I and I love if you miss it, man, Smiley Kaufman, tip of the cap, Smiley Kaufman. Uh, and he's been, he's been playing it too. This clip of him from January talking about Jake Knapp being, you know, rookie of the year. Look out, this guy's a breakout star, yada, yada, yada. Yep. And if I'm him too, I'm taking a victory lap because of course. he nailed it. So you get Jake Knapp, we got Ludwig Ober, you know, who decides he wants to stick around. Um, it, there's just more to play for in the PGA tour right now. And the guys that they're picking off, I, I'm not going to say they're over the hill. They're great golfers and golf is a sport. You can play competitively well into your, you know, later decades, but it's not exactly like it's bleeding the PGA tour dry They're, You know, I think they'll, they'll keep picking off golfers, but the bigger thing that this signaled to me was, I think this PGA tour PIF deal is dead. That's an interesting take because it's really gone quiet ever since the um the what's what's the name the was it Fen Fenway Sports Group or um who who did they just I forget yeah, now. Who, who they, uh, yeah the, it it's strategic sports it's, I was gonna say but I knew it had a different name yeah it's it's mostly the Fenway Group and then it's a lot of other guys uh or a lot of other organizations Lo Siento Senor and Senoritas yeah uh, Senoritas so <laughs> I think this deal is dead because he, hear me out. When essentially when it, when it first started, part of the deal too, was that live was like agreed, I guess they weren't going to start, they weren't going to recruit players anymore. Yeah. You know, we'd stop poaching them, but then there was some court case somewhere along the line. If it's, it's a detail that doesn't that matter, matter that much to me. If you know about it, comment please. But one of the court cases basically said, you can't do that. And live was like, all right, we still won't do anything. You know, it's no big deal. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to keep working, working through this. It was when, the PGA tour started courting, you know, private equity or, or vice versa, whatever it was. When that conversation started with the strategic sports group, I think that is when live all of a sudden was a little butt hurt. Uh, yeah. and I, sorry, not live PIF was a little butt hurt yeah. and they decided, all right, you, you want to mess around. We'll mess around. Hey, John Rom, here's half a billion dollars. Yep. And just as a reminder of what we're capable of and, you know, you know, the kind of kind of fish fish that we can go grab. They pulled a Harvey Specter on them. Oh, God, such a good <laughs> reference. Such a good reference. And now all of a sudden he's, you know, there's the rumor about Rory. He mm -hmm. reminds everybody about Hideki. I think, I think they're setting this up to just be like, yep, yeah, you know what? The gloves are off. You got your three billion. Have fun with those folks. We're gonna because three billion is what PIF, I guess, was gonna offer. And so I guess they, I mean, it yeah. doesn't take a genius to figure it out. Oh, you're gonna give me three this organization over uh, full of famous people who we know mm -hmm. and yada, 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 and just have a network unto itself that can help us expand, you know, throughout so many different avenues. Yeah, I mean, it's not just about the money too. You think about the number of people who are coming along with that money and it has a lot of obligations to fulfill and it's a lot of hands to shake and asses to kiss. 
Uh, but it, it, it's just a little bit cleaner. And I don't mean that in the political sense. I mean that in the logistical sense, it's a little yeah. bit cleaner to just kind of set up shop over here with the people, you know, and the people, you know, you already try to trust. And so I think this fucking thing's done. And, and I think a year from now, we're going to be talking about, I don't know, maybe two guys. I think they'll average picking off like two people a year. And meanwhile, yeah. the Corn Ferry Tour and the NCAA and the AJGA and the DP World Tour. I think the DP World Tour is kind of kicking themselves for not partnering with Liv in the early goings. They could have really done something. I read that somewhere else, and I thought that was a good point. But yeah. uh, no, I think it's done. But, I mean, you bring up I, – so I, I think that's a very interesting point. I hadn't really thought of it that that far down the rabbit hole. But uh, you, you say all that, and it makes perfect sense um, because we had – You're it probably has drunk. Fallen, it has fallen off. Uh, is at least in the media standpoint, and so that's well another reason why I will be curious to see Full Swing Two on Netflix coming up in the next <sighs> week because I've already seen some of the teaser clips where we're going to be getting like the live, they they got it on camera, guys reading their phone and hearing about the the PIF and PGA merger and like reading on their phone and live reacting to it. Like I want to see that. They, they I want to see what their initial thoughts and and reactions were because I think that's just gonna maybe give us a little closure about all the things that we've speculated on for the past year. And I think that's going to be interesting. So when I was in high school, big star Wars family, big star Wars geeks. Uh, my big sister anyways, got me into it. My middle sister was the one that tried to bully the two of us for being star Wars people. But anyways, when I was in high school, the, the kind of prequel, was was getting res resurrected right you know they had episodes four oh. five and six and then one two and three were coming out and i remember it was just the early era of the streaming internet and we found this bootleg version of the trailer and watched <laughs> it on a loop in my latin class nerd uh because mr hall our latin teacher was a huge star wars dork and uh he too went to like the midnight opening a bunch of us went okay. uh but <sighs> Fuck, I got lost in my Star Wars. I was going to say, <laughs> full swing, Netflix. Full, full swing. swing <laughs> I have not been, I've not been the size. Literally, I just started thinking about like the visceral midnight. I could and tell like, you, we you went to a whole nother world. <laughs> sneaking booze in the parking lot. Anyways, the trailer, when they keep going through all these guys, checking their phones and yeah. getting that reaction, you can tell. And they're going, wait, what? And it's like Joel Damon and his caddy. Because also, I was on the golf course. It was early in the kind of mid-morning. Yeah. And uh, I remember everybody, like everybody, just all of a sudden pulled their phones out. And everybody's just like, what the hell? You would have thought the president was shot. Sure. That right there got me locked in. I was trying to play coy and be like, oh, I'll get around to it. I'm probably going to watch it at midnight, whenever it drops. And at least get some doses in. Because feed me, Seymour, feed me. It comes out, I think, next week. It's March sick, 5th. Right? I think it's the fifth. I thought I saw the sixth. If it's the fifth, oh, we, maybe it's this. Either way, it's going to be too late for the show. Uh, but I'm pretty pumped for it because it starts there, and then they're going to basically end with the Ryder Cup in a two-part yeah. finale. It and is so, the sixth. Sorry, it's, it's the sixth. Yeah, don't don't question me. I'm, <laughs> says the guy who lost his train of thought thinking about yeah, Star Wars. Fucking <laughs> nerd sandwich. All right, so full swings coming up next week. Obviously, we'll dig in more to that. Did you watch the match? So I didn't actually end up tuning into any of the match. I, I, I pulled it up on my phone a few times to see what was going on. But like I said, we needed a um, we needed just a, a zone out night, which is why we watched the trash TV, which is why we sat there with glasses of red wine and grilled cheese and tomato soup. Like that was our just comfort 
lounge, just veg out night. It we needed that. Cool. But that I pulled sounds, up. I did cool. pull up. I pulled up my wonderful. phone a couple times. Uh, and cool. and it was interesting though because I did like the kind of the format they did with some of these different games mm-hmm. and, and styles. We know what's closest to the pin. Um, and I, the one club challenge I thought was interesting. Uh, so real fast, I want to ask you because I don't want to spend too much time on it. What would be the mm. club you, you you would use? Because I saw Rory use, I believe, his five wood. Um, for me personally, I feel like uh, I would use uh, my hybrid for the same pro- – probably some of the same logic that Rory picked the five wood because when putting the flatter face, like that just makes sense. Um, I also feel like I have a lot of control of my hybrid. So like that's gives me – I can hit a lot of different distances with that. So – Hybrid for me, but where would you lie for a one club challenge? First of all, I'm not going to make fun of you for missing out on this. I mean, when I talk about golf nerddom, this was peak golf nerddom. I mean, this is <laughs> this is this is exactly where it belongs. But um, I would say I'd probably say a six iron uh, because you yeah. know I can hood it down and try to hammer the dog shit shit out of it about 200 to 20 with some roll, and then you can also kind of get soft with it and hit that goes the, the mid irons. And then when it comes to putting, you just blade it. I mean, I do think that, sure. uh, you know, the longer, the longer club might help, but I'd probably say a six iron. So I saw your question and I love it when you said once or twice a year, what's the frequency Kenneth. And I, I think for me twice a year in the, I think it's right, right around this time. And then, you know, sometime in the football season, and I think you do, you try to you try to bounce back and forth between all pros like we saw this time and then yeah. the celebrity versions. And you do that because it's twice a year. Find those lulls in the entertainment calendar, mm-hmm. get these on there, raise a buttload of money, keep featuring these new courses. Although this was that, that course, that course is pretty dadgum sweet. And I guess it was uh, <clears throat> Big Cat himself who kind of spearheaded the, <laughs> the fundraising to renovate it with $55 million raised for that overhaul. You know, nice. you brought in Gil Hans to, to do the work. Uh, buck 80 to play it but i mean that's kind of the, the way it should be where yeah it's a treat you know it's a public course doesn't mean he's get you know trampled on you know it is a treat so uh, i put it on my bucket list so last but certainly not least if you didn't watch it i would say go back and look for some of the clips uh yeah. max homa i'm i'm i've said it before i'll say mm-hmm. it again i am a homosexual i love he's him just fun I think he's great for the sport. There was a while there in the mid nineties in I want to say maybe late eighties into the mid nineties, early two thousands where the skins game, that's kind of where, where the skins game used to live. You know, yep. Kids, kids look up the skins game. Well, careful how you Google. Well, this, yeah, uh, comma golf, comma Wikipedia, go to the Wikipedia skins <laughs> game. And you'll see this era where Fred couples seem to be like a staple. And it's mm-hmm. because Freddie had that kind of, you know, cool demeanor, a little bit of swagger, good looking guy, you know, quick witted. That's what we're getting with Max Homa. We're entering our Max Homa era where he's going to be, he might not be the next, you know, Arnold Palmer with greatness in his performance, but I think he'll snag maybe a major or two, a couple of yeah. big wins, like a players, the same, the same way Freddie couples. I'll think he's we got a parallel, but I just think he's funny. Uh, and he's yeah, a fun he's guy to be around. Rose Zhang was sneaky good. And this was the thing I was going to say at the top. And then we can say, Hey, to underdog and talk about uh, the next week in golf. Rose Zhang, this was the part of me. She's at Stanford right now because the LPGA tour, she wasn't going to play in the Honda. The the LPGA tour is over in uh, overseas right now. And so she's Mm -hmm. at Stanford taking her classes. And so she decided to fly out for the match and then fly back after the match to catch her class the following morning. It, it just blows me away because she's a world-class athlete. She could very, very well just, you know, probably chill with the money that she's going to get through endorsements and on-course earnings over the next, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. Sure. She wants to finish school. Good for her. Yep. 
Yeah, good for her. And like I said, Lexi, uh, well, not, I haven't said it yet, but like I said in the notes, Lexi Thompson came out, uh, jumped out to an early lead there, and then obviously Rory kind of ran away with it. So I feel like from a competitive standpoint, um, not having watched it, I, I feel like just from the scores alone, it looks like it wasn't necessarily entertaining from a scoring competitive standpoint. But those personalities, I think, are enough to, to carry. Because um, Max Homa is Max Homa is someone that I feel like uh, I, I don't think he's on full swing this season, is he? Oh yeah. Think, oh, is he on full swing? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know if he made it. I couldn't remember if he made it into the season two castle. Okay, because that's needed. Because, like you said, alluded to, he's kind of that entertaining face of golf, and 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 I love watching him, and I love seeing that. Uh, anything else before we hit underdog here? Any closing thoughts? I mentioned her last week. If you follow the women's game, Patty Tavatanikit. Mm-hmm. Patty Tavatanikit. She she's from Thailand. She burst onto the scene in 2021 with her first win as a major young. And then she just kind of disappeared. You know, she just kind of fell off and she's gone back to back on the European ladies tour. And then she won the LPGA and Honda. If you're a fan of the women's game, pay attention. Patty T is back. Love it. Let's hear from underdog. And then we'll be right back to get into this week's cognizant classic. Fantasy sports corp and underdog fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with best ball. What is best ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team and underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code DIBPIV to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent Good girl. And that's right. You heard me right. This is the Cognizant Classic this week. Uh, Bud has been mentioning uh, Honda for the LPGA Tour, and a lot of people Ooh. still thought this was the Honda Classic this week, and it is not. This is the first year the the name switch up to the Cognizant Classic, which is funny because still some of the uh, the stat sites still have it listed uh, as the Honda. But we're still at PGA National. But what what I find interesting is that the Honda Classic was obviously before the age of signature events. It's sure. obviously never been a major, but I always viewed the Honda Classic as almost like a a season a litmus te- a litmus test for the season. Like it was a place where it was a challenging enough tournament, a challenging enough course where guys showed up, played it, and it, you could kind of tell who was going to go on a run entering into the kind of the, the core middle part of golf season. And I'll be curious to see <clears throat> if with the changing of the name to the Cognizant Classic, which doesn't really do anything technically when it comes to the golf play, but it, it it's going to change a little bit about the feel of this tournament. Like it's It's run by someone else now it's run by a different company different sponsorships and all that do you think it's still going to carry the same weight that the honda classic used to carry as like this kind of third tier tournament yeah because for a couple of reasons a it's funny you should mention that you know it's not a signature event back in the early you know early days of the tournament uh it's had many iterations but it was honda for a long time before that it was the american motors corporation was the the, the chief host national airlines open invitational that kind of stuff uh, always been in South Florida, but it was amongst the the highest. And Jackie Gleason was one of the kind of kind of how Bob Hope had his vibe going out in the desert. This wasn't you know the same style tournament, but Jackie Gleason was behind 
this tournament for a while, at least according to the Wikipedia. But what I found interesting was in its early days, it was the highest purse. It was amongst the highest purses in golf in the 60s and 70s. And then, you know, it kind of faded away. Yes, I think it's going to hold its place because of the course they play. You know, the bear yeah. trap, 15, 16, 17, it should be one here. You know, that kind of feeling. It's not going to rise too high. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you know, maybe all of a sudden out of nowhere they get a signature event kind of nod one year for whatever reason. Because like you just said, there's something nostalgic about it because it kicks off the Florida swing. It's this yeah. official, you know, we've had this, we've had a couple of months of, you know, Hawaii and, you know, what's going on? Oh, the golf's not until tonight. And then we've been on the West coast for a while, uh, you know, with, you know, Pebble beach was great. You know, seeing tiger's place was great, but you know, we, we you know, the Mexico stop was a one-off and I think this is that slow re-entry. Cause then we're going to get, you know, Arnie's place, the players, you know, it's just going to get boom, boom, boom. So I think it's going to hold, I don't think it's going to get, get John Deere classic, uh, I think, I think, I, I think, I do think we take on the John Deere classic way too. It's almost, it's almost a, like just what we do well, now. And it, it's a shame because it's in, a beautiful course out there, but. Well, in reality though, that's how this game is going to get played in the long run with when we see whatever world tour gets developed and you know, the, sure. so, cause what I wanted to answer your question with is these players don't give a shit what the title sponsor is cognizant FBI, BMI, whatever they want to do it. Uh, you know, IBM, uh, they don't care about that. They want to play courses and they want to, you know, play, yeah. you know, tournaments that have some sort of rich history. And if you look throughout its history, I was talking about Freddie couples just a minute ago. Uh, they were showing clips of him back in 92 winning in a dramatic playoff, uh, 92, 94, somewhere in there, early nineties. So I think it's, I think it's going to hold strong and, uh, not be resurrected, but I mean, you see like Rory's back in the field for the first time since 2018. Yep. Uh, it's not a schleppy field. It's not, you know, kind of, no. it, it kind of like, you know, who, who's that guy again? Uh, there's some names up there, and I enjoyed going through my key three because, as you'll notice, uh, I'm tired of getting my ass kicked because quick scoreboard <laughs> update for the folks at home. Uh, as a reminder, we have a little season-long competition going on here between Divot and Pivot, and if you're curious on who's who, just Google it. <laughs> you're $5 million up on me. And so, so the way, the way we're doing it is we're picking our emergency nine and we're just mm -hmm. letting them roll each week. And then we're just calculating their winnings. And that's, that's what we're going to pay, pay attention to. And not only that is, so you got a $5 million lead on me. I think I got seven and some change. You're in the twelves and yep. you've won three weeks to my two. This was my idea and my format and I'm losing. Mm -hmm. So I decided the gloves are coming off. We're not going key three anymore. I think I've got I noticed three this. or four or five in there. <laughs> you you uh, took a page out of my book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've, we're shaking things up here in a little bit. Uh, but the Cognizant Classic, PGA National, the only thing of note, really, you know, it's a par 70. It's a longer course because there's a lot of beefy par fours. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I know you love you love you love your proximity from distance I ranges. Do. So I'll save that for the key three. Uh, but they've got they've got the Bermuda grass They're You know, they've got that Tiffdorf on the uh, on the greens and then whatever conservation or consortium <laughs> whatever i don't know it's all hybrid shit that's been developed by the university yeah. of or the tifton people tifton joja so the pg the cognizant classic we got 15 16 17 in the bear trap mm -hmm. uh what are your key three that you're looking at this week yeah so my key three uh, I'm, I'm sticking with ball striking instead of approach uh, i've kind of come around to your way of thinking with the ball striking so I tried it last week worked out well so i'm going to strokes game side. 
strokes game ball striking as strokes game putting as always and then you mentioned proximity proximity i'm going 175 to 200 uh that encompasses uh some of the par three distances it encompasses uh most of the approach shots so i, I like that number range and then the uh, the other one i'm going with i'm doing for this week is greens and regulation gained uh just looking at the numbers this is a course with the history of greens being hit less often than your average tour event so if you want to score if you want to be near the top you're going to have to be taking advantage of those uh those greens and regulation uh just like that nice beautiful new green acorn hills tumbler you got there that is a nice tumbler i like that right yeah have to get me one um so yeah those are my four uh ball striking putting 175 to 200 and greens and regulation this week fun fact this is the seventh course in the history of the tournament, and it's actually repeated a course early, uh, when it was bouncing around in maybe the 80s or 90s. Seventh course, but it's a new course because it's not a par 70. It's par 71. They added 20 yards to the 10th hole. It yep. is now a par 5, which is why I included strokes gained par 5s uh, because traditionally like the two par 5s were always the easiest hole, so you got to take advantage of those. And now this new par five is not exactly, you know, too, too girthy. So I think that's going to be accessible. And so that's why I think strokes gain par five is in there. I have par threes, 175 to 200, because that's all the par threes that they're going to play. And, you know, if you're picking off, if your strokes, if you're gaining strokes on the par three threes on this course, you're going to be gaining strokes on the field. And also that 175 to 200 range is going to be a lot of these par fours, but they're hitting into those greens. So I kind of, you know, two birds, one stone right there. Bogey avoidance. This course is a killer. There's water in play. It's, you know, it's, it's, if it gets windy, look out. And then as usual, ball striking and putting, putting those five together. And, and, uh, I, I kind of, I kind of not went rogue, but, uh, I got confused by the models here in fantasy national. And so I did something different, which I'm calling the sauce. And I'll explain, I'll explain that when we get to our, uh, get to our lineups, but, uh, yeah. PGA national seventh course in, in tournament history, and it's a new one this year. So strokes gained par five is in there as kind of a surprise fifth. I was going to go with four, but I added. Five. Yeah, but I like what you did there. I like that logic because what you were able to do there with that strokes gained par five and those par threes, 175 to 200 since all the par threes fall into that, that yardage, which they sometimes don't, there's one or two that are above 200, like it's or scattered into a different yardage. Uh, you're you're covering seven of the whole, seven of the eighteen holes, right? Right, just with those two stats. So that's actually not a bad, um, not a bad route to go. You got me uh, shaking in my boots a little bit this week now. Uh, but let's <laughs> get it. Well, hold on, real quick. I'll say this yeah. though. You know, Jack Nicholas course, and you know, other people's had had their hands on it though. And you know, he's not going to let him, let let them you know have a pitch and putt. So it's always been yeah. a challenging track. It's always traditionally been that first test of the year, as you pointed out. Yeah. Uh, you know, or at least recently it's been, it's been given that kind of feeling. So uh, let's, uh, let's see what our key threes have put together for us this week. That's right. It's emergency nine time. And as we just gave you our key stats, this is what they all led to in the model. Um, I'll, I'll start us off here this week. I'm going to do it the same way we did last week. I think that worked, uh, running just straight through down nine to one, less confusing. Uh, so I, I did look at both of our lists. We do have a, a, a few, we tend to always have three or four, uh, kind of what's it called? Um, yeah. overlaps, which is good. Cause we, we can call those the show, the show loves, um, or come up with a, a, a fancy name for it. The control variable. 
the hey that, you see that's too scientific for me i have an artistic mind um but anyways, oh, do. <laughs> <laughs> anyways my number nine start with number nine Starting with number nine for me is uh, uh, Davis Thompson coming off a, a, a fairly good performance this past week. Uh, I like Davis Thompson. He's in good form now. He's got good uh, tournament history as well. Uh, uh, I, I say that. He hasn't played here yet. I have the wrong guy. This is his first appearance <laughs> at this tournament. So, But the, the form is going to matter this week. So Davis Thompson coming in with good form. I like that. Eric Van Royen also coming in with good form at number eight. And then the first appearance in my emergency nine for the year. He's always uh, every year a multiple – uh, appearance kind of guy in my list, but Adam Svensson, the Canadian, is back on my list coming in at number seven. It's time he shows up for the 2024 season. Uh, and then following him at number six, Mr. Rory McIlroy, we mentioned it, uh, coming off a nice loose uh, kind of weight off his shoulders after he said at the last year's match, or as the last match, it was, wasn't last year, but the last match he did. Um, kind of a disappointing turnout for that. He was hoping this this one on Monday night was uh was gonna be a little bit better. He's probably coming in feeling a little bit looser. So I like that coming into this tournament because I think he can get in his head sometimes. So Rory McIlroy number six, JT Poston number five, also just a guy who's coming on fire for 2024. Um so he's got also got a good course history here. And then the the guy who has tends to do well at this course in this tournament Mr. Jonathan Vegas. Uh, Jonathan Vegas. <laughs> I think I had it right the first time, actually. Jonathan. Um, Vegas. John, showed, Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas. He shows up here, uh, and uh, he hasn't missed a cut in uh, in five years. Uh, he's played it every year since 2019, more than that, but I only have those last five years in front of me. T21, T42, T30, T27, T16. So he's never won. He's never cracked that top 10, but if you're looking for a safe – uh, somewhat inexpensive guy to, to make your cut this weekend. Uh, that's the guy to do it. I, I don't see why not. He actually played uh, fairly well um, recently as well. He had a T60 at Mexico Open, but he did finish T22 at the at the Waste Management. So I, I like Vegas coming into this. And then my top three, uh, number three, Billy Horschel, also playing well right now. Number two, uh, Tom Hoagie. And then number one, who may be replacing my Adam Svensson on all my list this year with the rate that I've been using him, Mr. Eric Cole, uh, one of the, the silent assassins of the season so far. You love Eric Cole. I do this year. I don't I just he just keeps popping on my models. I can't help it. That's good. I I, I can appreciate that. Uh all right. So before we go any further, what in the heavenly hell in fantasy national is the difference between MCM rank? and model rank do you know what i'm talking about yeah so uh because, because, because as far as i know mcm stands for mixed condition model it is mixed condition mcm is mixed so condition, mixed why condition are those model. numbers different than than what other model is it running so it's a good question and i haven't yet been able to figure it out fantasy national if, you, if you're not familiar or if you were familiar but haven't looked at it in a while They've gone through some aesthetic changes on the website um, from posts that they've put out. Uh, I know with some of these oh, changes, I, I like it. Some, I like all of it. I just never noticed the, that there was two different rankings there. Well, that's never been that. That's one of the newer changes in the last, I'd say, month to two months that they've made these kind of aesthetic changes that have also unfortunately had some unexpected uh, effects on the functionality of the site. Is what I've gathered from some of their 
I guess their news post that they've put out about it. Um, it seems to be working fairly well this week, though. But yes, I don't know what the MCM rank is compared to the model rank, honestly. Uh, so not quite sure. They also have something new called a rolling model, which I need to watch the YouTube video on that because I also am not 100% sure what right. that is. But this but, would this would be like giving me one of Chef Brian Duffy's really sharp expensive <laughs> knives. Is giving guys like us this tool that has this many functions. I need one, but you know what? Because my simple, you know, lizard brain needs one one model. Yeah, I, I decided just to take both of those because they weren't too far off. I mean, we're talking about like one of my guys yeah. was first in one model, ninth in the other. You know, seventeen and one. There's just, so there's not there's not such a variance or discrepancy between those two. So you know what I decided to do? Average them. And, and that, I like that. That's where I've come up with the sauce. Uh, that's just what I labeled that because I wanted uh, to. Because he threw them both into the blender, mixed them up, right. and came that's up right. with some little, funky little, new sauce. Yeah, you know, a little this, a little that. I like it. And so w that's what I've taken is those averages. And I'm, that's that's kind of how I ranked my guys. And I, I'm starting with some gut plays <clears throat> down at the bottom, or not gut plays, but really brain plays with my first two. And then from there, I just followed the numbers. Okay. And so for, for uh, let's see what we got here. We're, they, the Cognizant Classic. God, it's so it's hard, man. It's it was a, a Honda. It was the Honda Forever, you know? I know. Those red letters, nostalgic. It, I can like taste a. I can taste a flat beer, and it feels like it's four four p.m. on a Sunday afternoon just by thinking about the Honda Classic. But my emergency nine <laughs> for the Cognizant Classic starts off with Keith Mitchell because he's got a great history here. One in twenty nineteen, he is a ball striker when he gets it going, uh, and he's you know he's forty first and a half in the sauce ranking Shane Lowry who's, uh, Shane Lowry I think he's like a T5 in a second in the last few years here and he ranks you know in the top 30 top 30 top 40 in my saucy rankings and so I like Keith Mitchell I like Shane Lowry and then we're just going to go straight down JT Poston Steven Yeager Taylor Pay ah ah oh, I had it I had it so smooth fuck <laughs> we'll start from the top with Keith Mitchell and Shane Lowry, we already talked about why we like them. JT Poston, Steven Yeager, Taylor Pendrith. Yep. I've got Eric Cole in my listings this week. I just wanted to get that out of the way, you know, bust your chops before I had to admit that I too have some skin in the game there. <laughs> Rory McIlroy, Eric Van Royen, who was hot last week and then just yeah. kind of cooled off on Sunday, but I don't think he cooled off all the way. And Doug Gim, mm -hmm. who doesn't have great history here, but he's got great form right now. Yes. And so that rounds out my emergency nine. I, I like that. Taylor Pendrith, that, that's uh you're you're showing some some patience and confidence there since he he burned I, I think did we both have him picked yeah. last week? He absolutely burned us. So kudos to you to going back to the kid. That's um, what I was that's what I was feverishly looking at when you were rattling off yours was do I want to bench him? And I thought <laughs> it's not that fucking well, big of a so deal. I, I won't lie. He, he was, he was in my model as well. He was, he hovered right around the 10, 11 range. Um, I thought about it and I ultimately just decided to go with some guys with some, some better tournament history and some, some better form. So uh, that's why he was off mine. But uh, yeah, I like you list. I like the Doug Gim call out uh, someone who we uh, we've mentioned uh, already once this year before he, you're right. He's in good form right now. And, and I do believe that on these tougher, more staple courses, you form is very important. Because oh, you need yeah. to, you need to be able to. If you're, if you're worrying about your form on top of actually having to play the challenging course, I, I just feel like you're, you're, you don't stand a chance. Like, I not, feel like you need to focus on the course ahead of you because it's, it's a challenging course. 
you make a good point. Form's important when you come to these tough courses because you're not going to snap out of it really. You know, at a no. place like this, you, you might. Uh, you, but you're more than likely to snap out of it at the John Deere. Just kidding. Uh, I had to throw another JD reference in there. We got to get a shirt made for the John Deere to make up for this. <laughs> Mexico Open at Vidanta, perfect place to snap out of it. You know, the Barracuda, <laughs> yeah. the Barbasol, uh, you know, the upcoming Myrtle Beach. You know, there's a there's a tournament this year, and it's like visit Myrtle Beach. Uh, yeah. the, the Myrtle beach open and it, it kind of has that feel where I had to do a double take going, has this always been on the count? And uh, not brand new this year. And it's going to be opposite. I want to say, uh, the not Wells. Yeah. The Wells Fargo, uh, yeah. it's gonna be opposite that week. And so look out for the Myrtle beach. Right. Ride with me here for a second. Just sure. The, this career, the creative juices out strong. And we, we obviously are both suits fans and we talked about suits yet last week and kind of brushed by it early with the Harvey Specter. Uh, t-shirt that says it's it's a hand come up because you know they always said the i'm here and you're here yes yes so i i think we we have a shirt made that's it's, it's the hand here that says like the masters or some sort of big in one of the big tournaments i'm here and then another one down here that just says john deere oh <laughs> i like that too because you can use the same you can use the same green and yellow uh color color scheme right? there let's uh let's workshop works. that we'll put it in the hopper and you know see what see what we can come up with so we're so we're, we're done with the cognizant fantasy we're done with the cognizant but, but i think that's good because i'm glad we have a little extra time at the end because we skipped over a what, story what? that you would put in the news earlier in the rundown then we'll circle back to it last point real quick okay. on, taylor, on taylor pendrith yes yes this is what i'm hanging okay this is what I'm hanging my hat on with Taylor Pendrith this week. If you look at his last three starts, four yep. starts going back into, uh, you know, January, he had a string of missed cuts to start the year with the Sony open, the American express. Then he goes 13 at the farmers. Mm -hmm. Am I looking at, nope. Looking at no. Doug Gim. I'm looking at Doug Gim. Sorry. Going back say, to Pendrith finished Taylor, Taylor, at the Taylor, farmers though. So it, that's my, that's my point. So, January 14th, 10th at Sony Open, then he misses the cut at the AMX. Ninth at the mm -hmm. Farmers, misses the cut at the, the Mexico Open. He's going to win this week because that's the back and forth <laughs> nature of the Taylor Pendrith swing. What did you want to bring up that I had earlier that we that we skimmed over or yeah. breezed past? So I'm, I'm going to get the name wrong now that it's been deleted off the, the sheet here. Uh, but the, Robert the, Rugumayo? Thank you. The Ugandan, first Ugandan to, it has been the most to make the cut. follow. See, and I think that's something that I, I'm glad we had some time to get back to it to at least touch on for a couple minutes because I, it's it's just one of those feel good stories that that we like to talk about that we love to bring to the golf world because you it's, it's, it's it's not no I'm gonna let you tell I'm gonna set oh. the stage a little bit because it's not that it's not that Africa doesn't have a, a a golf history South Africa has a very as a nation has a very rich history in golf uh, the this is kind of interesting to see it grow. You know, Sorry, I cringe at the I, I cringe when I think of the history of South Africa with apartheid. Anyway, well, yeah, but I wasn't talking. That. Sorry to bring up golfers. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Why did you bring that up? Like, we all know. We don't shine the light on it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let's go back child. to think about Ernie L's, freaking Louis Ustase, and like some quality men and Elon Musk. And okay, anyways. Golf is growing in Africa. Hit us with the full story of Ugandan golf. <laughs> well, first of all, fucking a. <laughs> the first Africa, the first Africa Amateur Championship was played uh, last week, and yep. the winner gets an invite to the Open Championship. So you are correct, sir. There is a little bit of a movement. 
Uh, but Robert Rugumayo at the Magical Kenya Open became the yeah. first Ugandan or Ugandan, uh, I, I hope it's Ugandan, to make the cut. Player from Uganda. There's the safe route. <laughs> Uh, to make the cut on the DP World Tour. And it was it, what, what was cool about it is, first of all, he's ranked 2,000 and whatever in the world. And I made some cute joke on, uh, in the morning the other day about how live players don't think the world golf rankings matter. You're right, they don't. Uh, this guy sinks a putt, makes the cut, and you would have thought that you know he landed on the moon the way his country welcomed him home, the way that he was taking bows and he was very gracious. And it was so pure of a moment juxtaposed against a couple of weeks ago, Mackenzie Hughes pointing out the ugly truth of this race to the bag is going to be the death of us. And so I do think that while Liv has that long runway, like I talked about before, and they maybe strategically have this kind of idea that works out on paper, there's mm -hmm. a human element of this game that has been generated through decades and decades of evolutions and fuck ups and, you know, trying things and working it out. And it's these small steps and these introductions of like the U S adaptive open a few years ago, the Africa amateur this year, the Augusta national women's amateur. Those are the kind of evolutions in the game that the average golf fan, the, the, the people that hang out at the park on a Friday night with their kids, you know, in the family atmosphere, those are the stories and that's why youtube golf is becoming so popular because yeah. we are humans and we want human interactions you know we don't we don't necessarily want to see how much money you're making we just want to see how hard it was to earn that dollar bill or that 10 million dollar yeah. check you know we want to just see you and the other you know sharks of your same level swimming around going after one you know singular kind of stepping stone to whatever comes next. And so the Robert Rugumayo story to me was the kind of spark that reminds us that this game is way bigger than Taylor Gooch thinking he's going to be the asterisk in Rory McIlroy's career. Grow up, Taylor. Back to you in the studio. I love how you brought that full circle back, and that's the perfect way to end it this week. Get ready for the Cognizant Classic, because, you know, why not just say that title one more time, Cognizant Classic, this week. Uh, don't forget, we mentioned it's the Florida Swing. It gets started earlier, so if you've gotten, nice to, uh, you've gotten used to waking up uh, on your Thursday morning, setting your DK lineups, your FanDuel lineups, uh, like after you've woken up and had oh, your no. coffee and taking time. No, no, no. Lineups lock at 645 tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, make sure you get them set tonight. Uh, not tonight. Tomorrow Thursday. night. It's only Tuesday. Set them Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday is when it'll kick off at 645 in the morning. My week is already feeling like I have no clue what the day is, obviously. Uh, that's going to do it for us, though. I'm Andrew LaDuke. This is Bud Copeland. We are Divots and Pivots, and this is the TSPN Network. Thank you.